What up, baby? It's Trey Sounds. And that's what's hot on the streets from Hot 97. WQHT, New York City. Welcome to Hot 97's Street Soldiers, the hottest talk on radio. Hosted by Lisa Evers. I'm so glad you're joining us for this special Hip Hop Votes edition of Street Soldiers. I'm your host, Lisa Evers. Follow me on Twitter, at Lisa Evers, Google+, Instagram, Lisa Evers Live. And for more information about Hip Hop Votes, go to the community section of LisaEvers.com. And for all kinds of information, just go straight to LisaEvers.com. You can see my Twitter feed live. You can see my Fox 5 stories. You can get free podcasts that you can listen to of previous Street Soldier shows, which we post the very you know that very day that they air. You can get all the information about what the upcoming topics are. You can email us. All our email addresses and contact info is there if you want to reach out to us and, and come on the show or you have an idea or something that's going on about your community. What we're talking about this morning is the race for mayor starting to look like a little bit of a verbal smackdown with the commercials, the accusations, and I'm going to get into that in just a moment. But first, I want to let you know about something very important that's happening in Brownsville this afternoon at 2 o'clock. Kevin Powell, BK Nation, State Senator Eric Adams, Assemblyman Kareem Kamara, they're all going to be meeting at 2 p.m. at Livonia and Bristol in Brownsville. They're asking all black men to show up. They're asking you to wear a suit and tie or dress respectfully and to show up and stand up against the violence. We're talking about the kind of violence that took the life of a little baby last weekend, one-year-old Antique Hennis. Now, two men have been arrested in connection with that shooting This little boy was shot and killed in the stroller. Police say that the gunman was aiming for his father, Anthony Hennis, who's got a previous record of 20 arrests. And uh, they they picked up, the cops picked up 23-year-old Daquan Breland. They say he was the shooter. They picked up um, 19-year-old, another friend of his, who they said was the one that gave him a gun, you know, the gun that he used or provided him with the gun. And they said that the father is still not cooperating with police about what happened, you know, that with this shooting that led to the death of his little baby. So I just want to say that if you are upset about this kind of violence that continues to happen in our communities, there have been 16 shootings of children in New York City since May. Show up at 2 o'clock this afternoon for the Peace March, Livonia and Bristol in Brownsville. Kevin Powell, BK Nation, State Senator Eric Adams, Assemblyman Kareem Kamara. You've heard them all here on Street Soldiers. You can you can check that out. And uh, we'll give you more information again at the end of the show about that. But this is something that has upset a lot of people. And also I want to shout out the NYPD. They went to Pennsylvania Friday and picked these guys up there because they were trying to run away from it. So shout out to the detectives and the police in that precinct and in and the homicide unit that tracked these guys down and uh, picked them up because I'm sure a lot of people were not talking over there. That's what I'm hearing. But anyway, what we're focusing on right now is what's happening this Tuesday, September 10th. It's the primary. Now, who would you like to see as the next mayor of New York? What would you like to see the next mayor of New York do? Change stop and frisk, improve education, maybe lower that city income tax they take out of your check that you see every week. Give us a call right now, 1-800-223-9797. That's 1-800-223-9797. What would you like to see the next mayor do? What changes would he or she make to make you happy? 1-800-223-9797. Hit us up on Twitter, at Lisa Evers, at Street Soldiers at Street underscore Soldiers. And um, let me just give you a little bit of a breakdown. This Tuesday, September 10th, 
primary election day, if you registered to vote or were registered to vote by August 16th, you can vote this Tuesday for candidates in your party, whether you're Democrat or Republican. Um, who should you pick? Well, let me tell you, we reached out to all the candidates, both Democrats and Republicans, and the ones that you'll hear on the show today are the ones that responded and uh, you know responded back to our emails and responded back to our phone calls. Now, we're going to hear from some of them. We're going to take your phone calls, 1-800-223-9797. Tweets, at Lisa Evers, at Street underscore Soldiers. And I have a special guest with me in studio to help us understand what's going on, to take a look at this whole race, because really the fighting is kind of getting fast and furious between all the candidates, is Basil Smeichel. He is a professor at Columbia University. He is the founder and president of Basil Smeichel Associates, a political and policy analyst, TV political commentator on all the networks. You've seen him on Fox 5. And he's been on Street Soldiers with us before, and we're glad he's here with us today to help break it all down. Basil, thank you so much for being with us. Oh, it's my pleasure. It's good to see you again. Good to see you, and we appreciate you making time for us. My pleasure. When you look at this mayoral race, what strikes you about it? What strikes me is really all the activity in the street. I mean, these we have so many really good candidates who've been around in New York politics for a while, so a lot of their names are very well known. And the good part about having all of these really good candidates is that they're actually coming to voters to talk to them about their issues. That's so important because you could have candidates that just spend a lot of money. You don't see them in the street as much. They don't knock on your door. But because this is such an important race, the fact of the matter is in the city of New York, which is six to one Democrat to Republican, uh, we haven't had a Democratic mayor in 20 years. So this is an opportunity for a lot of those, uh, for the Democrats at least, and there are, there are what, six, seven uh, candidates running um, um, on the Democratic side in this primary, that they really, really need our vote to, to be able to become the next mayor. So there's a lot of activity and a lot of opportunity for us to really see what, uh, to really shape the future of New York. Now, people need to already have been registered by August 16th in order to vote on Tuesday. But the, for the general election on November 5th, you still have until October 11th. If you want to register, you can go in person to the Board of Elections or just Google NYC Board of Elections and you can get the information about how to do it by mail. But what about in, in terms of you told me something when we did an interview for you not too long ago for Fox 5 News at 10 and at 6. You you said that there could possibly be two winners on Tuesday. Oh. Right. Yeah. What does that mean? So in the city of New York, if you're running uh, for a citywide office, so controller, public advocate and mayor, there is this really key number, 40 percent. If no one candidate gets 40 percent of the vote, we have what we call a runoff election. A couple of weeks later, you'll have the top two uh, vote getters run again to see who will be victorious after that race. So we call that the runoff. So you have to get one one candidate has to get that 40% threshold. And in the mayor's race right now, because as I mentioned before, we have these uh, can so many candidates and many of them have been known to New Yorkers for a long time. There's a lot of support in the, in various communities for a few of these candidates. And the conventional wisdom in the political circles is that there will be a runoff in this mayor's race, meaning that no one mayoral candidate will get that 40 percent and that in the next, I think it's two or three weeks later, um, there is a, there'll be a runoff election. Between those top two, between, between number one two. and the, and the runner up. And then in, in terms of in, in terms of 
the candidates themselves? What strikes you about them? Like, are they, do you, do you think we have a really good feel? Do you think they're, you know, there are front runners at this point? Because the polls have been kind of unusual. Yeah, the polls have been uh, totally up and down. I mean, there are, there are, um, there's been a, the, Christine Crin was a front runner for a while. Anthony Weiner was a front runner for a while. Um, Billy Thompson and Bill de Blasio um, have been bubbling up. And now Billy, uh, Bill de Blasio has for the last couple of polls, um, sort of push forward in the um, it's, he's, he's come to the top and he looks like the front runner right now but the, the wonderful thing about polling is that it's it's not a guarantee. It changes all the time. It can change every day. People have to remember that a poll is a snapshot in time. And, and the only poll that really matters is the poll on Election Day when you come out and vote. So that's why votes are so extremely important. Is there one issue that you see dominates? Because when when Giuliani first won, it, w- it was about crime, you know, controlling the streets, getting everything, making the city safer. When Bloomberg, Bloomberg came on, it was about rebuilding the city after 9-11. Is there one issue at this point that you think is just the, the top issue that all the candidates have to address? I got to tell you, in my personal opinion, I didn't see that for a long time, I think. They were the candidates in many ways were sort of uh, trying to they, they were on this sort of spectrum between sort of closest to Bloomberg and then furthest away from Bloomberg policies. So I think they were sort of trying to carve out a, an interesting space for them relative to the other candidates. But over time. You know, this issue of stop and frisk has certainly come up, and that's extraordinarily important. And I think in many ways the mayor's tone on that issue, particularly after the uh, the, the federal ruling came down, I think has galvanized a lot of voters. Um, I, I honestly think education is is, a, is has become a big issue. Um, I'd like to have seen more conversation about that, but certainly stop and frisk, certainly crime. And guns on the street have have really bubbled to the top. And and look, the one issue that always dominates elections is the economy and jobs, 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 jobs. It's hard for any candidate to really have um, a hard and fast number and say I'm gonna I'm gonna create ten thousand jobs, twenty thousand jobs. We always try to stay away from that because <laughs> there's no way to really uh, measure that, measure that um, with any rate of success. But I, but I do think that's something that's on the minds of every voter, including a lot of young people. Am I going to be able to get a job coming out of college? Am I going to be able to get um, a job, to, you know, maybe an apprenticeship at a union, for example? Um, so that's something that even though it's sort of been bandied about a little bit here and there, but it's definitely something on the top of the agenda. All right, 1-800-223-9797, special hip-hop votes edition of Street Soldiers. We're taking your telephone calls. What would you like to see the next mayor of New York City do? 1-800-223-9797. Hit us up on Twitter, at Lisa Evers, at Street underscore Soldiers. Basil, let's take some phone calls right now. Phone lines are popping. Let's go to Lamont from Brownsville. Lamont, hi, you're on Hot 97. Go right ahead. Hey, uh, good morning, Lisa. Thank you for taking a call, and uh, uh, thank you uh, for doing this show. Thank you. Um, I just wanted to uh, you know, say I'm a resident of Brownsville, of uh, Brooklyn, uh, I've been all over the country uh, campaigning for different folks, particularly President Obama. Uh, lastly, I was a director of voter registration uh, for the state of North Carolina uh, in the 2012 election. And, um, you know, one of the things that I'm, I'm looking at here is kind of like, you know, with this baby and T. Kennis uh, being murdered uh, a couple days ago, that's when we really saw a lot of these politicians and elected officials and candidates coming out to Brownsville. But, you know, there's a real problem and an issue in Brownsville where, you know, unfortunately we have a lot of shootings. Most of these shootings occurring, you know, each week or every other week. 
uh, either in broad daylight or at night on busy streets in the, in the projects or public housing, and no one comes out and talks about this. I mean, even the mayor of New York, his answer right now is throwing more police at the situation and, and, and police on the corners and police on the streets. What I really would like to see the next mayor do or, you know, folks really reach out to the law enforcement community and reach out to other folks, to churches and stuff like that, and really try to bring um, an end or some type of resolution to the gun violence that is plaguing our community. These guns aren't coming in from, you know, Brownsville. They're not coming in from East New York. They're coming from down south and from other parts. No one is really addressing, and I really would like to just bring that out there and have a discussion about that with these folks and see what their real, you know, solution to this problem is, because it's not going to go away. It's only going to get worse, and people are dying. When will they really wake up? No, I think I mean I think you're raising I think you're raising a lot of points, a lot of good points, and uh, I just want to remind everybody too at two o'clock this afternoon, Livonia and Bristol, Kevin Powell, BK Nation, State Senator Eric Adams, Assemblyman Kareem Kamara, um, inviting black men to show up, dress respectfully, and uh, take a stand against the violence. And Lamont, I want to thank you very much for the call, and also check out leaseevers.com, Push for Peace. You can check out our Push for Peace there also because we've been dealing with this issue for a long time. Thank you so much. Let's go to. Uh, Ricardo from Orlando. Ricardo, hi, you're on Hot 97. Hi, Lisa, how are you doing? All right, how are you? Good, I'm doing pretty well. Thank well, you. I, I just feel pretty passionate. I'm born and raised in Bridgeport, Connecticut. Um, I'm a northerner. Uh, I'm down here in Orlando right now. I'm listening to you guys over iHeartRadio. Pretty cool. I love that. iHeartRadio, <laughs> that's right, the TuneIn app, streaming live on Hot97.com. That's right, it's, it's pretty awesome. That is I awesome. I to say, like, um, you know, me as a young Latino man nowadays, what I would look for in leadership is somebody to, to gear more towards the youth. Lisa, because the youth right now, they're, they're very important. I want to hear about that. I want to know what, what's the plan with that. Out here, they have something called like a grading system where, where the schools that do the least will get the least amount of funding. And if you ask me, that's kind of backwards. I think it should be the other way around. Uh, it's very important to me, especially as a young Latino man, um, to not let th- these officials, these so-called elected officials that we're putting in power, mind you, they're supposed to be working for us. And it doesn't seem like to always be the case. I think we forget that sometimes. And, and we have to remind ourselves that they're, they're there. We, we're the ones putting them in that position, you know what I'm saying, to fix things for us. And sometimes we forget that we, we almost like, we look at them as, you know, higher beings or, or, or we give them too much. Pressure. No, you're right. They do work for us. Ricardo, you're raising some great points. I want to thank you so much for calling in from Orlando. Spread the word about the iHeartRadio app, okay? Thank you. All right. Thank you. Thank you so much. Basil, what about the who votes in these primaries? Because he was talking about, Ricardo was talking about, you know, gearing it towards the younger voters. I mean, the population of the city, too. There's a there's a huge, huge population of young people in the city. But in the Democratic primary, who typically turns out? Um, unfortunately, it's not as many young people as we would like. You know, it's typically an older voter, someone that's a lot more active. In New York City politics, you have Democratic clubs and the club uh, members vote. And, you know, this has been a and, and union members as well, because the union, there's a tremendous amount of activity um, among the, the labor unions in New York. But this is something that every elected official, every community leader in uh, the city of New York really should be focusing on. It's getting more young people involved in the process. It, your, your caller just talked about schools and education. One thing they don't really teach in schools anymore is civics. You know, so the importance of getting out 
the vote and what how the connection between your vote and the activities and of what happens officials. in your community and what happens in your community voting is so important but sometimes we we a lot of times get turned off and I talk to a lot of voters not just not just young voters too also older voters who say well I don't really like what's going on so I'm not going to vote exactly that's not the way to go that's not the way to go but what you. argument how do you deal with that because that's something we hear through the you know through the all the hip hop votes campaigns we've done just at the nonpartisan you know trying to get people involved in the system they go ah it doesn't really matter or it's all crooked or they don't care it's just about the money right. my vote doesn't matter what do you as a as a professor <laughs> and as a political analyst what do you say to that okay, it, it's actually a very interesting uh, point that's raised but I have a I, I the the dirty secret which is not really a secret among the political folks is that we know that you don't vote we know if you don't we don't know who you voted for but we know if you did not vote i mean that's what we do in in political strategy we the the voting machines particularly the old um you know lever machines right you there's a counter at the bottom and that counter tells us how many people use that machine that day and if for example we know that there are 100 voters that are supposed to use that machine that day and only 25 of them have actually used that machine that means that the majority of the folks that are in that area, that number that's at the top, that's your election district, that 33 or 72, that's your election district. We know how many voters are in that district. And we know that if that number is particularly low and it's consistently low over the years, we know that there are not a lot of voters that come out. So does that so mean, we, so does that translate when they're the, the assembly or the city council or any of these legislative bodies are doing what we would normally consider very boring but very critical things like mm-hmm. deciding budgets, like who gets to new park who gets the new school who gets the streets you know pay those kind of things they look at those districts well the the people running for, the people running for office what they do is they look at those districts to see if there's high turnout or low turnout if there are a lot of people that come out and vote in that area guess what you're that elected official is going to speak to those people a lot because they know that their job is heavily uh based on what those voters do if there's a high turnout, if they know that there are a lot of people that don't vote in a particular area, they're not going to be as likely to come to you. You can find, There are ways in which you can get them to come speak to you. But in, in the reality is they're not going to spend a lot of time talking to you if they know that folks don't come out in that district. That's why it's so important to go out and vote. All right. You're listening to Hot 97 Street Soldiers Special Hip Hop Votes Edition. I'm your host, Lisa Evers, taking your tweets at Lisa Evers at Street underscore Soldiers. Phone calls 1-800-223-97. 797, Paula, James, Robin, Michael, Richard, everybody else on hold. We're going to get to you in just a moment. But just before the show, Basil, I spoke with City Council Speaker and Democratic mayoral candidate Christine Quinn. She wanted to be on with us live, but had a was appearing at a, a number of churches, I guess, as the days count down to the primary. But uh, here is City Council Speaker and Democratic mayoral candidate Christine Quinn. Yes, yeah, Speaker Quinn. Yeah, hi, how are you? It's Lisa Evers, how are you? I'm good, thanks. Hey, listen, I know you have just a couple of minutes. I want to welcome you, and thank you for making time for being on Hot 97. Thank you. What do you say to people about why they should vote for you at this point? With so many candidates, so many accusations, a lot of promises, why should they vote for you? Well, what I say to folks and what I would say to your listeners is that uh, I am the only progressive in this race with a record of delivering results. Obviously, everyone who's running for mayor has uh, visions and plans for the future of the city. Why else would they be running? And I have a clear vision to make sure we bring progress to every neighborhood, that we don't leave any New Yorker behind, that we improve our schools, 
bring good jobs, keep our city safe without unconstitutional stop and frisk, and that we build affordable housing for working people and the middle class. But I'm the only person running who's already delivered in those areas. I'm the only person running who's built has built affordable housing, who passed law laws to reform, stop, and frisk who's gotten a law passed to come next week when school starts, make kindergarten mandatory, and brought good jobs to the city during the recession. So if you want a mayor who's got a vision for the future that's progressive, but has also delivered progressive results, then I'm the person you want to vote for, because you want to make sure the mayor can deliver to move our city to a place where no one is left behind. What would you do to improve police-community relations, especially in the aftermath of stop and frisk, the violence we just saw with this one-year-old boy shot and killed? Uh, Well, look, I think there's a number of things we need to do. First and foremost, we need to fully implement all of the recommendations of the federal court judge, and I have filed court papers to block Mayor Bloomberg uh, in his efforts to prevent the implementation of the court case. I'm also so proud to have been part of the effort that uh, got an inspector general independent monitoring of the police department in place by law. I'm going to work hand in glove with that monitor when I'm there to make sure unconstitutional stops come to an end. We simply cannot stop people just because they're walking down the street in some neighborhoods in our city. Now, what we saw recently uh, last weekend with the tragic murder of that baby really shows we need to get more police out there in a community policing way in high crime neighborhoods. We also need to build on the kind of efforts that my colleagues and I have put in place in the city council. Over the past two years, we funded $10 million worth of community-based efforts, peacekeepers, violence interrupters, groups that are on the ground all over the city fighting the kind of retaliatory shootings we saw in Brooklyn. And in some neighborhoods, they were able, working with the police in neighborhood in Queens, 255 days without a shooting. A neighborhood in Brooklyn, 360 days without a shooting. This kind of partnership this kind of partnership can make all the difference in the world, and that's the kind of partnership we're going to grow when I'm there. All right, mayoral candidate, uh, city council, and current city council speaker Christine Quinn. This show is part of our special hip hop votes, which we started more than a decade ago to register voters. We've registered thousands of people to vote here in New York and New Jersey. And I will have to ask you this question before we let you go: Who is your favorite hip hop artist? Well, you know, I got to say one of my favorite uh, artists out there, and there's a little bit of, um, you know, hometown pride. Alicia Keys comes from Manhattan Plaza in my district, and, uh, you know, we like to think Girl is on Fire is a little bit of an anthem for us in this campaign. So uh, it's both from my neighborhood and what we hope people will see on Tuesday. All right. Thank you so much, City Council Speaker Christine Quinn, one of the Democratic candidates for mayor. Thank you so much for being with us. You're very welcome. Bye-bye. All right, 1-800-223-9797. Basil Smichael, political analyst and a professor at Columbia University. What do you think about candidate Quinn? You know, uh, Chris has been, um, she's been a, a really strong speaker of the city council. And what I think a lot of people um, um, don't really understand is how the budget process works and how really important that is. And the Speaker of the City of New York is a, is a really, really strong position. And I, you know, and I think she's 
done a really good job of working with the mayor to get things done for uh, for a lot of her members in the districts around the city. Now, she gets hit a lot on that, but the reality is that every speaker of the council has to work with the mayor. That's how you get stuff done. So all of those parks, all of those uh, playgrounds and those community centers, when you need that, when you need money out of the city, she's the one that works with the mayor to get that done. All right, 1-800-223-9797. Let's take a telephone call right now. Let's go to uh, let's go to Robin. Robin, hi, you're on Hot 97. Go right ahead. Hello? Yes, is this Robin? Uh, my name is Robert. Oh, Robert, I'm sorry. That's fine. How's it going, Ms. Rivers? Good morning, everybody. All right. Mm-hmm. Um, I'm a recently an, a, a graduate of Rush Community College. I just got my associate's degree in political science, actually. And one of my main things is, you know, as... Growing up in New York City right now as a college grad, and I do have a job, the most important thing to me right now as a voter and, and as a citizen, as a resident, is trying to find an apartment. Mm-hmm. You know, that's one with, of the things... With, with, really the whole housing, with the whole housing issue. Robert, I'm going yeah. to ask you to hold on for a minute because we have one of the candidates on the line right now. Let's go to... Uh, we're going to go to Anthony Weiner right now. I think he's calling in. Mr. Weiner, are you there? I am, Lisa. How are you? All right. How are you doing? Apparently, if you want to be mayor in this town, you got to be on your show this morning. <laughs> <laughs> well, thank you very much. I appreciate that. And thank you so much for calling in. I know your schedule's really hectic in these final days leading up to the primary. It's my pleasure. What do Hi, you- Basil. Hey, how are you, sir? Good, thanks. Anthony, what do you say to people about why they should vote for you? Well, look, if they, what I say to people, they want more of the same. If they want someone that comes from city government who's been doing this a while, who's kind of part of the get-along, go-along strategy that we've had... They should choose someone else. You've got a public advocate, a controller, a former controller, a speaker. These are people who have based their campaigns on making the same promises to the same people. But if you want something a little bit different, if you want someone who's building a campaign based on ideas, focusing on the middle class, no struggling to make it, just trying to fight for the things he believes in for that are best for the citizens, not what are necessarily best for the special interests, I'm really the only choice in this race. And what do you say to people who might be a little bit leery because of the scandals and issues that you've had in the past? Well, there's no doubt about it. People know a lot of things about embarrassing things I've, I have in my background. That's, that's troubling to me. But if you look at the things that I fought for and the things that I've succeeded in doing for this city my entire life, if you look at my fight for single-payer health care, for the 9-11 health responders bill, um, you know, I guess what I'm asking people is to think what it is they want in a mayor. If they want a perfect messenger, okay, I'm probably not that person. But if they want someone who has the best ideas, who's shown he has the strength to fight for them, that won't back down, that every day gets up fighting for the middle class and those struggling to make it, and who, frankly, is trying to do things a little differently in this campaign. We haven't, Lisa, won a mayoral election 24 years because we keep doing it the same old way, which is lining up endorsements, thinking about what famous people are endorsing, rather than thinking about new ideas for how to solve people's problems. In terms of what do you see as, if you were elected mayor, what would be your top priority out of all these issues that you're, you're talking about and, and the other candidates are talking about? What would be your number one priority in January? Well, listen, I, I think that it is hugely important that we rebuild our economy, but at the same time, there's a way to do it that provides a very important service for the city, and that is we need to restructure the way we provide health care in the city. We 
as the taxpayer, spend $15 billion for health care, yet we're closing 13 hospitals, we're laying off people left and right, we're, we're starving perhaps the most important economic engine in the entire New York City economy. It's the second biggest employer after the government. So I would restructure health care entirely. I'd take out the insurance company middleman. It would save us billions of dollars. It would allow us to reopen hospitals, give raises to workers. Um, I've got proposals on housing that, I, that I've talked about a lot, on tax cuts for the middle class. But the thing that really sets me apart is that I've been talking about really innovative ways to deal with big problems and health care is in that category. Yeah, you talked about the you talk about the middle class and you just mentioned a lot of the uh, hospital workers that have been laid off. So related to the middle class question, is there a way that this, you can make the city more affordable, particularly for young people just graduating from college that, you know, are struggling to find work? Well, you know, we we've always been the capital of the middle class city that has always made it possible to climb the ladder of success. And it's been based on really three legs of the stool. One is we've had an education system that was never sensational, but it was always solid. Second is we always had the availability of good jobs with benefits, not just the cheapest jobs available. And the third is housing, a place that people can go and climb the ladder. They go from maybe to Mitchell Lama housing to market rate housing. All three of those things are under stress right now. And if you were to say to a friend or, or who, who had maybe a son or daughter who was a really creative, energetic person, where they're coming to New York, where would you recommend they find an affordable place to live? I don't know where you'd send them. And that's what's different from this generation of New Yorkers than even just 10, 15, 20 years ago today. You know, we celebrate these gleaming buildings that have been built along the East River and in Manhattan. For most of your listeners, for most of us, those things are unaffordable. They're nice to have, and they may look nice on the skyline, but they really don't solve the problems facing the middle class. All right, Democratic mayoral candidate Anthony Weiner, what would you do to improve police-community relations in, in light of all the stop-and-frisk controversy and the violence we continue to see on our streets? Well, I gave a, a speech at the Fortune Foundation, which is an organization dedicated to taking offenders and getting them back in mainstream, and I proposed a couple of specific things. One... I'm the only candidate that has proposed having police officers wear small lapel cameras to videotape their interactions with citizens. It does things. It protects police officers from false accusations. It provides valuable evidence in the case of crimes, but also it stops the unconstitutional stops. Every city that it's been tried in, relations between cops and the community have improved. All right. Secondly, I'm sorry. No, no, go ahead. Go ahead. I'm sorry. No, it's just because secondly, we've got to get police officers out of their cars just breezing through communities or swooping in on people to do stops. Get them on footbeats, get them in bicycles, get them interacting with the community. You can learn a lot more using focused deterrence than you can doing these unconstitutional stops. And they've been doing some of that uh, uptown. I've been seeing them 2-8, the 3-3, the 3-4. And then finally, you know we're a hip-hop station. I've got to ask you, <laughs> who is your favorite hip-hop artist? Well, as, as Basil knows, this is a dangerous question because someone can go it look is. at every lyric of the person ever. <laughs> I, I, I'm a big fan of Luda. I like Nas. I, you know, I'm, I'm, I'm a, a little bit more a, a, a dancehall reggae guy than, than, I, than I am. Really? Uh, a, a, a little guy. Mavado, a little... Wait, wait, give us some... Give no, us some. old school Shabaranks. Shabaranks? Well, no, I'm, I'm, I'm even going further back there. I'm talking Barrington Levy wow. style. That, that's what wow. I'm talking. You know, you, we saw you on the float there at the West Indian Day Parade. I had to put you in the Fox 5 piece because you were up there rocking 
rocking the mic. Well, I got to tell you something. You know, one thing about me, I love a parade. I try speaking Spanish at the Dominican Day Parade. I speak Yiddish at the Israeli Day Parade. No one likes a parade more than me, and there's no better parade than the West Indian Day Parade, <laughs> particularly if you're someone like me. You know, Basil and I were hanging out at the Reggae Lounge back in the day. So, you know, this is... <laughs> Let me find out. I mean, this is great. <laughs> It's a pretty good run punch, I would tell you. <laughs> oh, well, wow. well, look, I, I, I have to tell you, just in all kidding, you know, I hope all your listeners, this is a great service that you're doing. You know, we have an opportunity every so often to, to, you know, voting is an aspirational thing. It's fine to look at someone's resume and say, listen, it's a job interview. Everyone should look back and see what the candidates have done. And I'm proud of my accomplishments. But no matter how you vote, this is an opportunity to redirect the city. And I really encourage all your listeners to get out and vote. Choose the candidate that you like and uh, go out and, and work hard because this really is an opportunity for us to redirect the city in a better way for the middle class and those struggling to make it. All right, Anthony Weiner, thank you very much for calling in to Hot 97 Street Soldier Special Hip Hop Votes Edition. I'm your host, Lisa Evers. Twitter at Lisa Evers at Street underscore Soldiers. Send us your comments. Paula James, Robert, Michael, Richard, Kevin, Kathleen, everybody else on hold. We're going to try to get to your calls and more candidates when we come back but first before we go to the break i gotta let you know about hot 97 presents rock the bells your free passes all weekend i gotta go to this live performances by wu-tang clan j cole wale kendrick lamar the king of i mean la action bronson <laughs> let me not start some beef here and more it's all about push for peace october 4th and 5th at the meadowlands racetrack hosted by the one and only peter rosenberg Tickets on sale now at Ticketmaster. We'll be right back. I'm Anthony Weiner. People ask me all the time about why I've fought so hard to make my voice heard in this campaign. And I tell them this isn't about how many times I get knocked down. It's about having a mayor who will help you and your family move up. So while my opponents have been bragging on how many famous people have endorsed them, I've been talking about real ideas to solve our problems, like requiring cops to wear small video cameras so we end unconstitutional stops of young men of color. And as others have helped Mike Bloomberg get a third term, I've been fighting for a plan to give second life to our community hospitals by cutting out the health insurance middlemen and putting the savings towards raises, better health care, and good-paying jobs. And while they throw blame at each other for the conditions of our schools, I've offered new ideas to make them better, like restoring discipline in our classrooms so our teachers can teach and our students can learn. Some pretty powerful forces in the city have made it clear from the very beginning they didn't want me to win. But this election isn't about them. It's about you. My name's Anthony Weiner. And if you elect me your mayor, I'll never stop fighting for you. Paid for by Wiener for Mayor. I like saving money. I mean, it's not like I have a purse stuffed with coupons or... Okay, I do. The other day, I went into Wells Fargo to get help with a loan. Good news. You qualify for our double discount promotion. For a limited time, get double the interest rate discount we normally give on select new loans and lines of credit just for being a checking package customer. And the best part? I didn't even need a coupon. Come to Wells Fargo to discuss how the double discount promotion can help with the interest rate on your new loan or line of credit. Wells Fargo. Together we'll go far. Subject to credit qualification, Wells Fargo Bank and A. Is it breakfast? Is it dessert? Who cares when it's gone nutty peanut butter Pop-Tarts? Toasters just got hotter. A visionary take on peanut butter and pastry. Even jelly feels a little... Jellious. To have just one is incomprehensible. Pop-Tarts. There's two of them. Groceries, essentials, signature value. The Everyday Collection by Target. Steak. How I yearn for you on this morning. My mouth waters for your delectable flavor. You put a fire in my belly that can only be described as full. So a steak and egg biscuit, right? 
Start your morning with one of McDonald's steak and egg sandwiches made with perfectly seasoned premium steak, a tasty egg, grilled onions, melted American cheese, and served on a toasty muffin or biscuit. Come to me, my love. The simple joy of delicious devotion. For a limited time at participating McDonald's. My morning has to have rhythm. The needle can't skip on my music, so I make my way to McDonald's for fluffy eggs, piping hot biscuits, juicy sausage, golden hash browns, and a price that never puts a hitch in my two-step. My day begins when I wake up, but it doesn't get started until McDonald's adds a soundtrack to my morning. Bring sweet music to your morning with McDonald's Savory Sausage Biscuit with Egg. For a limited time, get two for just $3. That's a more affordable morning to love. Prices and participation may vary. See store for details. I'm Reverend Monty Witherspoon Brown. As governor, Spitzer stopped the cuts to New York City schools so our children could receive the education they deserved. Spitzer fought for immigrants to be treated with kindness and dignity. Spitzer fought to keep our community safe. Spitzer didn't do it for himself. He did it for us. Now it's our turn to support him so he can support us. Vote Elliot Spitzer for Comptroller on September 10th. Paid for by Spitzer 2013. Redemption means asking people for forgiveness and a second chance. This is Reverend Darrell G. Bloodsaw. Let's look at Elliot Spitzer. As Attorney General, Spitzer took on Wall Street, the big banks, the insurance companies, and the people who took from the little and poor and gave to the big and rich. Spitzer stopped them. He stopped the white-collar criminals that took from our community. He stopped the insurance sharks that took advantage of us with ballooning mortgages. Vote Elliot Spitzer for Comptroller on September 10th. Paid for by Spitzer 2013. What up, this is Trey Songz, and this is Street Soldiers with Lisa Evers. Real issues, real politics, real people, only on Hot 97. Oh yeah, controversy brewing here at Hot 97 Street Soldiers with Lisa Evers. Hip-hop vote special, special edition. Yes, people are tweeting us. It was said on the air, not by me, by one of our guests, about Alicia Keys. Alicia Keys is beloved in the hip-hop community. She's part of the hip-hop community, but widely considered an R&B artist. Just to set the record straight for everybody tweeting us. Now you can tweet us about your issues. (laughs) At Lisa Evers, at Street underscore Soldiers. Hit me up, 1-800-223-9797. I have Basil Smichael in studio with us. He's a professor at Columbia University, founder and president of Basil Smichael Associates. He's a political and policy analyst and a TV political commentator. You've seen me interview him for Fox 5 News. Basically, he really knows what he's talking about. I and he's from that. our communities. Harlem man. Grew up in the Bronx. Grew up in the Bronx. Oh. City guy. Knows what he's talking about. So um, let's see what's happening on Twitter. Angelique Tyree, our associate producer. Sure. So we have one tweet from Ad Edward Latson, who says, We really need a mayor that is hands-on with the school budget. Over $20 billion with the type of kids not graduating is appalling. We also have another tweet from Ad Thomas Hester, who says, School system needs to be better. I want to see Brooklyn better as well. And he also tweeted, We should vote for Wiener because he likes Nas. <laughs> <laughs> All right, there it is. Okay. What do you think about that? What did you think about Anthony Weiner, what he said? Yeah, you know, Anthony's the one candidate that I would say, he, he, what, we, what he didn't say is that he ran also in 2005 uh, for, for mayor and came very close to making a runoff against uh, Freddie Ferrer, who ran at that time, became the Democratic nominee. Since then, he's actually been talking about this middle class issue. So I, I do want to tell voters that, for, that when he talks about that, that's not a new thing for him. He's actually been on that for a long time. And what can they really do? Like one of the callers was asking, about hey he's trying to find an apartment in the city it's really tough now they do credit checks that you know you you have to have a lot of cash up front 
just to get a crib. Well, you know, one of the one of the issues that Anthony touched on, and I think maybe uh, Bill de Blasio has been talking about this as well, is this is the is the set aside. You know, when build when developers build um, these luxury homes, they have to if they're getting city breaks, they have to put a certain percentage aside for um, moderate income. But that quote moderate income is still pretty high for people. Um, so there isn't there there's, there's a lot that folks can do in terms of you know reduction in taxes, but there are a lot of things that get done that you actually need the state's permission to do. So part of being mayor is not just running, is not just governing the city, but it's also working with the state to do things like reduce taxes. All right, let's uh, take some some calls, Basil. Let's go to, um, is Robert still there talking about the apartment? I'm Robert, still here. You're still here. Okay, so just because you hung out, you were a sweetheart and hung on for so long. What? So your yeah. point, what do you think about what Anthony Weiner just said about the affordable housing and making the city more livable for the middle class? I think it's important. I mean, as, like I said, as a college graduate, you know, I love living in New York City. I am a Bronx resident, and the most important thing to me is, you know, I need an apartment. I need somewhere I can lay my head at night and start my success at the American Dream and really push forward. And he seems to be talking about things that's really important to me, my friends, and other college graduates. We graduate from college, and sadly enough, we have to leave New York City and go other places to pursue opportunities to get yeah to go somewhere i mean and that's something that you hear a lot too so you got and if you do go to college you got the student loans that you got to deal with yeah it's kind of a weird situation that both the city state and even federal government and president obama um it's it's sort of a catch-22 everybody wants you to go to college but then number one you can't afford college so even if you go, you may not be able to finish. And two, if you go and finish, you may not be able to find a job. So how do you get to pay back all those student loans? It's a tough situation, but I st- but I, you still are at a loss if you don't go to college. You still believe you in have, the education. I still believe in that. If you have the opportunity to go, I think you should go. But one of the questions I would love to ask some of the candidates calling in is what you know? How do you, is is about the education system and and do we think it's working? All right, let's go to uh, Michael from the Bronx. Michael, hi, you're on Hot 97. Go right ahead. Hello, Lisa and everyone. Uh, Well, I want to see with the next mayor, and this is just following up with the um, recent federal ruling in the stop and frisk and the the implementation of an independent um, monitor. monitor. Yeah, independent um, monitor officer and the city council also following up with that. Seems that uh, Mayor Bloomberg is so defiant of the law and the Constitution and is doing everything he can to remain non-compliant with the court orders, the city council's overriding his veto, and pretty much, you know, non-compliant of people's um, rights. All right, Michael, and, let me get a, let me get an opinion on um, from from Basil Michael about Mayor Bloomberg's reaction because this issue. I mean, we've been talking about this issue for several years here on Hot ninety seven Street right. Soldiers, and I and I think that the media as a whole, the mainstream media, didn't really pay attention until they started seeing these federal lawsuits and the people bringing the lawsuits were winning, and the judges saying, "Hey, this is not." just a bunch of people screaming about injustice this is something really big that's going on now you talked about young people earlier and where you know and the impact of them uh, coming out to vote this is a t- this is an issue tailor-made for young people the work that you've been doing all these years has been phenomenal in calling attention to this and the fact of the matter is the the movement to both end stop and frisk and bring on this independent monitor is is a movement from young people so see what see the impact that young people can have on issues at city 
government. And the reality is that the, the mayor's tone on this has been so uh, – he, he's taken such a, a harsh tone on this and, and, in, and also in, in sort of blocking or trying to block this independent monitor – um, you know, which the city council overrode that veto. It shows that there is a tremendous amount of support to find a way to either significantly amend or actually end this uh, this stop and frisk. And I think that the tone that he took has really galvanized a lot of people, not just not just young people and not just communities of color, but people everywhere that just feel this is an incredible violation of your civil rights. And I think also, too, like what I've been hearing from the community leaders, it's not so much a question of, of stopping policing or handcuffing the police. And keep in mind, too, a lot of our, our police officers, our newer police officers are from our communities right. and they're subject to these same things or me- members of their family are too but it's just like you know have some kind of sensitivity and awareness and res- just respect for the community right and you know a lot and the of, constitution that's right and a lot of a lot of folks in law enforcement will tell you that you know there is that maybe some of the officers are not being trained appropriately and you know they're different perhaps different standards around the country but we also have to realize this is not a new york city issue this has been around in this country for many 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 years and in a lot of different cities. And so um, I think New York could actually lead the way in, 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 in dealing with it. And showing how to deal with it and keep crime down so we don't see any more of these little babies getting Absolutely. getting shot and killed like Auntie Kennis. Let's go right now to another Democratic mayoral candidate, Bill Thompson. Bill, are you there? I am, Lisa. Good morning. How good, are you? Good morning. How are you? Thank you so much for joining us. It's a pleasure. Thank you. We, appre- we appreciate it. Um, we're also joined by Basil Smichael, political analyst and consultant. My first question for you is, you know, why do you want to be mayor of New York? Well, I think if you look at New York City and what it is almost traditionally been over so many decades, you know, my grandparents came here as immigrants from the Caribbean uh, back in 1917. They found opportunity by working hard in New York City. They were able to move forward. My parents, my mother, a New York City public school teacher, my father eventually became a judge in this city. They were able to find opportunity in New York. I've had a chance to serve the people of this city as everything from Deputy Borough President of Brooklyn, member of the Board of Education, President of the Board of Education, controller of the City of New York. I've had opportunity here. New York City always was a city of opportunity, but right now it is not for everybody. We're seeing so many people, poor New Yorkers working hard, able, barely able to put food on the table, working in middle-class New Yorkers scraping to get tired, barely hanging on also. We need to make this a city of opportunity again for everyone in all communities. And that's why I want to be mayor, to make this the city that it's supposed to be. Now, you, you said you were president of Board of Ed, and you've, been, you've gotten the support of the teachers union here in New York with the, in the experiment that we've had in mayoral control. Do you think that the schools are going in the right direction? What would you do to change them? And, and the, sec- the follow-up question, what role in your administration might vocational schools have um, um, in, 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 in your vision for education? Great question, Basil. I think that, number one, I think that, look, I support mayoral control, but I think that there have been too many missed opportunities to help create a better situation for our children. I think as we look at, you know, this focus on standardized testing, it has robbed the school system of content. We need to have more focus on comprehension and critical thinking with our children. And that, you know, that's the direction they have not gone in. That's the direction we need to go in. So that is one of the things that I, we need to focus on. But also, you, hit, you know, you've brought up a great point. We need to create more focus on career and technical education. So when a young person graduates, they should either be able to go to college with the skills to be able to do well or to be able to go to the work with the, 
where the world of work with the skills they need to be able to succeed and to be able to take care of their families. And that doesn't exist right now. So we need to have more focus on career and technical education, but we also need to bring more content to our school system. All right. Um, and what would you do, Bill, about the improving police community relations? A number of different things. I think that, you know, the first thing we have to go into a real era of community policing. Officers on the ground in the neighborhoods. We need to make sure that we have the experienced officers, not rookies, in high crime neighborhoods that work to bring crime down for everybody, not just the select few. We need to make sure that we eliminate the abuses of the way stop and frisk has been used. We need to eliminate quotas, eliminate profiling, and make sure that officers are working with community residents to target those with guns to get them off the streets. I, you know, as I said, I was out in Brownsville and paid a condolence call to the mother who just lost a one-year-old. I don't want to have to go to, you know, to pay more condolence calls. We need to get guns off the streets at the same point, respect people in the neighborhoods, and eliminate profiling. Yeah, there's one thing I wanted to ask you, which actually hasn't come up as often as I'd like. Um, what do you? What are your thoughts on improving opportunities for minority and women-owned businesses, particularly? You know, and and the majority of them clearly are small businesses. What are your thoughts on that? Well, you know a little bit of my history, Basil, and you know one of the things that I've been dedicated to is improving opportunity for minority and women-owned business. When I was the controller of the city of New York, we ushered in a real era of opportunity for minority and women-owned firms. And the, the word was, if you could do business, if you knew what you were doing, and you could help New York City. You had opportunity there. If you look at the state of New York right now, the governor is trying to get to 20% of the business that the state does with minority and women-owned firms. I've I've worked with him on that. I honestly believe in that. And if you look at the numbers in New York City, they stand at about 3%. If New York City, you know, under my leadership, we would get at least to 20% because that creates a whole new economic base in communities across the city. And it, and it and helps. It definitely helps. Bill, we're, we're just about out of time, but let me, I got to ask you, because you know this is a special Hip Hop Votes edition of Street Soldiers on a hip hop radio station. Who is your favorite hip hop artist? Oh, let's see. You know something? Over a period of time, uh, see, I'm, I'm a little more old school, uh, so I'd have to go back to somebody like, you know, uh, well, he's not even old school anymore. Somebody like Jay Z, definitely, who definitely is New York and he's Brooklyn. Jay Z is all schools. Jay Z is all schools. <laughs> it, exactly. He's not old school. He is all school, but honestly, it would have to be Jay Z because the truth of it is, you know, when you look, he's Brooklyn, uh, and that's, that goes to my roots, and he's just. He's just, he's just grown and developed. He is an industry unto himself. I have a huge amount of respect for that. All right. Uh, Democrat, Democratic mayoral candidate Bill Thompson, thank you so much for being with us. We really appreciate it. Thanks, Lisa. Thanks, All right. Basil. Thank you. Bye. Thank you so much. All right, Basil, we got a ton of phone calls. Let's try to get to uh, some phone calls right now. Kathleen, hi. You're on Hot 97. Go right ahead. Hi. How are you doing? All right. How are you? Pretty good, honey. Listen, I'm very upset with this entire city right now. Now, I actually have not lived here since 19, I uh, know, since 2002. But I've been on, owned an apartment here for three, 35 years. It's never been this filthy. There's poop everywhere, dog poop. People don't pick up their dog poop. All right, Kathleen, thank you, thank you very much. I mean, I think there's there's laws that affect that. Um <laughs> <laughs> oh my gosh help me out um, Bill Thompson you were talking to him about the technical schools 
that we we did a show a couple about a month ago. There's a lot of high tech industries that are moving here into New York, kind of like a mini Silicon Valley. Right. Te- they, they were saying they can't find the workers. They they just don't have the people. They have to bring them in from other places. Well, you know, look, it, it, this is this is one of the big problems that over the last few years, and we've had a, a huge focus on these very high skilled. High-paying jobs. They pay very, very well, but you have to have an incredible amount of skill to get them. Um, they're trying to, you know, there's a there's a movement to turn instead of Silicon Valley, Silicon Alley here in New York. And my alma mater, Cornell University's uh, got a building a tech campus in uh, on Roosevelt Island. So I think I think there's a good opportunity for the next mayor. And, and Bill Thompson talked about this for the next mayor to really focus a lot of attention on getting the schools and vocational schools in particular to 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 be sort of a feeder for these kinds of jobs that are coming into the city um and 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 you know we have to we have to think about something that you know related to what anthony weiner said earlier it's not just about improving the middle class what we have to deal with is a lot of this income inequality in the city these very this different the huge difference between these very high wage earners and low wage earners and i think if we improve vocational and technical education and we create a feeder system for a lot of these uh, high skilled jobs that are coming in um, we can do a lot to improve the inequality all right 1-800-223-9797 that's 1-800-223-9797 we're talking about what you would like the next mayor of new york to do and basil in, in terms of what they're all saying about this stop and frisk in the police community you know community relations issue is are, are we in danger though of going into a very polarized situation with this where people say okay and stop and frisk and then basically we don't want police to police yeah i mean and 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 bill thompson has talked about this as as have the others there's a is it's a fine line that you actually have to walk because on the one hand you don't want an invasion of civil rights but there are some community leaders that will tell you that when they uh, when they are seeing all of these young people get shot in the na- in their neighborhoods, you know, there's an organization in Harlem called um, um, Harlem Mothers Save with uh, Jackie, Jackie Rowe Adams. Adams. Yeah, you know, this is a, it's a it's an organization that you know it's it's women who've lost their children to gun violence. I mean, you want to get guns off the street, but you want to do it in a way that protects the civil rights of the individual, particularly young black and brown um, kids. So it's a fine line that 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 every can- every mayoral candidate whoever wins is going to have to walk it's not an easy solution all right and then again you're encouraging people who have been registered to vote register before august 16th get out there and vote there's no way else to get there are a lot of ways to get your voice heard but there is only one way to actually choose the next mayor of the city of new york and that's to go out and vote and if you're not registered to vote the deadline for to vote in the general election which will be november 5th is october 11th so you got about a month to take care of that but please make sure you do that register to vote make you know it's it's there it's a right that we have it's a right that many people fought and died for right you know i i'd love to see pictures of other countries particularly going back to south africa when that um, first time the first time folks had the opportunity to vote for mandela they were miles and miles in in uh waiting to be able to cast that ballot and unfortunately we only see those lines here very irregularly and we need to see more of that people need to go out and vote and have more people, uh, you know, more people voting in the elections and vote for some of these, uh, some of the shows, like American Idol. <laughs> That's <does>. right. <laughs> Still watch it, but, you know, <laughs> it's on Fox. Anyway, Basil Smichael, thank you so much for being with us. We really appreciate My it. Pleasure. Basil Smichael, pr- professor at Columbia University, founder and president 
of Basil Smichael Associates. Thank you so much for being with us and helping us through with this. And I want to just mention to you again, Hip Hop Votes, a special edition of Street Soldiers. We reached out to all of the Democratic and Republican candidates, phone calls and emails. And the ones that you heard on the show, City Council Speaker Christine Quinn, Anthony Weiner, Bill Thompson. And then we also just got word that Bill de Blasio, who was scheduled to be on the show, he couldn't get out of church, and that John Liu was still in church speaking. So those are the ones that responded to us. So I just want to let you know about all that. And um, also want to let you know, 2 o'clock this afternoon, Kevin Powell, BK Nation, State Senator Eric Adams, Assemblyman Kareem Kamara, 2 p.m., Livonia and Bristol and Brownsville. That's where one-year-old Antique Hennis was shot and killed as a, a gunman was aiming for his father. His father, according to police, is not cooperating with them, but the cops did pick up 23-year-old Daquan Breland and his 19-year-old alleged accomplice. Um, they, they are in custody. If you have more information about that crime, that horrific crime, 1-800-577-TIPS. And you know what? I have to say congratulations to the police officers that tracked these guys down in Pennsylvania because they were on the run doing their job. So hopefully that counts for something, too. And also coming up on Street Soldiers, we're going to be talking about the truth about snitching. The code on the street supposedly is nobody talks, but I heard some shocking information that Everyone talks. Once they're behind bars and alone and at that table with the cops, everyone talks. We're going to get into that. We're also going to talk about education. Is a college education worth the price? And we're also going to talk, be talking about gangster love. Do women need to be more careful about who they choose to pair up with? All that is upcoming on upcoming editions of Street Soldiers. Hit me up, Lisa, at Hot97.com. That's Lisa at Hot97.com if you want to participate in any of those shows. And also, um, I want to thank my whole crew here at Hot97, our Vice President for Programming, Ebro, Assistant Program Director, the one and only Carly Hustle, our Executive Producer, Tone Capone, Associate Producer, Angelique Tyree, Production Supervisor, Andrew Varis, our uh, intern, Kirsty Placencia, our board op, the one and only TJ. And uh, don't forget, check me out on the Fox 5 News at 6 and 10 tonight, 5, 6, and 10 during the week. Twitter, at Lisa Evers. Everything Lisa Evers on lisaevers.com. Fox 5 videos, free podcasts of Hot 97 Street Soldiers. Please uh, spread the word about that. And I want to let you know this episode of Street Soldiers was brought to you by... Emblem Health. Emblem Health provides the resources to help New Yorkers stay healthy, experience what care feels like. Have a great week, everybody. Remember, use your mind. It's your best weapon. I hope it's your only weapon. I'm Lisa Evers. Push for peace. Yeah, what up, what up? Hot 97 presents another exclusive money can't buy. It's the Hot 97 in-studio series with myself. Two chains. I'm be fresh as hell of the feds watch. Hosted by my girl, Angie Martinez. You'll be the first to hear cuts off my new album, Boats 2, Me Time, dropping September 10th. Made hot by Def Jam Records. Tomorrow, 6 p.m., make sure you're tuned in. What do Grandmaster Flash, Kid Capri, Chub Rock, Coolio, and the Sugar Hill Gang have in common? They've all recycled good times by New Yorkers Bernard Edwards and Niall Rogers, better known as Chic. New Yorkers love recycling. Let's show the same love to bottles, cans, and paper so future New Yorkers can enjoy the city long past the next recycle track. Recycle everything. New York City recycles. Call 311 or visit nyc.gov to see how you can do your part. I like saving money. I mean, it's not like I have a purse stuffed with coupons or... Okay, I do. The other day, I went into Wells Fargo to get help with a loan. 
Good news. You qualify for our double discount promotion. For a limited time, get double the interest rate discount we normally give on select new loans and lines of credit just for being a checking package customer. And the best part? I didn't even need a coupon. Come to Wells Fargo to discuss how the double discount promotion can help with the interest rate on your new loan or line of credit. Wells Fargo. Together we'll go far. Subject to credit qualification, Wells Fargo Bank and A. I'm Jim Cook, brewer of Samuel Adams. Why is Boston Lager loved by beer drinkers? Maybe it's the deep amber color. Or the head so thick you could float a bottle cap. Or maybe it's just a freaking good beer. Feeling good today. When do you crave refreshing iced tea? Twisted Tea wants to know. The next time you want that same satisfying refreshment, but with a kick, grab a Twisted Tea. The refreshing hard iced tea that tastes like real iced tea. Twisted Tea Brewing Company, Cincinnati, Ohio. Drink responsibly. Lunchtime. Chips, apple, and PB&J. What'd you get? I don't know. My mom wrote me a note. Hey, kiddo. I made you a special turkey sandwich. Mechanically separated turkey with isolated soy protein? Hmm. Disodium inosinate? Disodium what? Disodium guanolate. Yuck. And artificial flavors. 